Thanks, you guys. I just want to, you know, the title of what I just sensed this morning, I need to speak about uh, to be resilient and focused in the last days. So I think it's an important thing for us. To, so, so two weeks ago, two Sundays ago, Rudy shared about an action plan that uh, with regards to the day of the Lord, that, so that the day of the Lord don't cause us by surprise. Because it's around the corner. I think all of us can see signs and stuff, but the day of the Lord is close. Uh, so nobody knows the day and time, and that's what Rudy said, to be alert, be on guard, understand the seasons. I think that's important to understand it. Secondly, that the day of the Lord will come sudden. So we need to be prepared. Thirdly, what Rudy said was that destruction will come suddenly like labor pains of a pregnant woman, and like pregnancy, we cannot be stopped. We saw it with Jesse. Yesterday afternoon, actually Saturday afternoon, she was still keen. She would have been part of this prayer group. Last night she messaged me, she said she wanted to come out of hospital, she wanted to be part of this morning. So this comes suddenly, that's what I want to say, this is the day of the Lord, it comes suddenly. And then the last one, we as believers are not in the darkness and will not be surprised when the day comes. This is the four things that we shared a few weeks ago. So I just want to, I want to touch on and just bold on that this morning. And I want to, Elmer, if you could put up me 1 Thessalonians 5, 6 to 11, just continue on that. So then, let us not be like others who sleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer of, to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He he died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. So because of our position uh, in Jesus Christ, we are sons of the light and of the day. We are called and commanded to act in a certain way and to endure until the day of the Lord comes. And as you see, I'm not going to read the scripture, Mark 13, 13, it's just reiterating that. Uh, so I wanna let, let's look, and I want to look at a few things for us, just to, to focus on what we're saying there, what coming out of that scripture in more detail about what we as followers of Christ need to do. And understand that's part of my notes, but it's because we need, I just want to show it to us and discuss that because we are at the bride of Christ, as we've heard over the last few weeks. And we need to do our utmost to be pure, be spotless when the day comes, when the Lord Jesus comes and when we meet him. So that's important. So the first thing we read out of that scripture was uh, that we do not be asleep like others. This is not a physical sleep that they're talking about, that we saw in verse 6 and verse 7. It's something that Paul warns us about. It's a moral, a spiritual laxity, ignorance, and inactivity from, from, from people's side, from us as Christians. So he actually commands us as believers in Christ Jesus not to ignore the fact that the day of the Lord is coming. A lot of the times we get comfortable and we just continue and we go and oh, it will come and we'll be ready, I'll be ready, I know Jesus, so I don't need to. But we need to be actively waiting, actively waiting, and that's, where, that's what, that's what that, uh, the sleep or do not be asleep means, spiritually, yeah. Again, a scripture I'm not going to, but you'll all remember the example of the, of the wise and the foolish virgins in Matthew and Philippians. 
Five of them were ready with the lambs, five not. And this is what, what, what comes out of that. So what the question here is, are you ready? Are you awake? Are you asleep spiritually? Are you awake? Uh, so we need to be alert. Uh, uh, we don't know when that hour will come. Okay. Secondly, out of that same scripture that we see, the first one is we don't need to be asleep. The second one is to be and to stay wide awake and sober-minded. Uh, and according to the Bible, to, to be sober is to have a disciplined, controlled, and sound mind and to be in control of your thoughts, emotions, and actions. So it's a long definition, but that's how the Bible explains it. To be aware and alert of the enemy, the devil. So we need to be alert. We don't need to go out and find him, try to find him around every bush, but we need to be alert that he is there and he's trying to, to make life difficult for us. And the, the third thing, what that means, is to be free from intoxicating influences and not to allow ourselves to be influenced by anything that leads us away from the Lord Jesus. So that's three things. That's what it means to be stay, to be wide awake and sober. Okay. okay, I want to look at a few things. I've got a few things listed on why do we have to be wide awake and sober-minded in this time. And if you can put in 1 Peter 5, verse 8 and 9 for me, Elmer, would be great. Uh, so the scripture itself says, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. So this is what's happening around us. The enemy is, that's why we need to be wide awake. Because the enemy is there looking for us, to devour us, to, to in certain points of time to come and, and try to steal our focus away, try to steal us away from Jesus, from our first love. Uh, so a few pointers, how to stay sober-minded. And I'm going to just, seven of them that I'll run quickly through. I'm not going to go too much into it. But first one that's important is, we've got running through busy lives on a daily basis, and you all can agree that it's just busy daily, and a lot of things try to take our mind and try to capture us away from stuff. But, so the first one, and you see in a lot of sports, you see this well, is that, that sometimes you see in sport, they say, take time out. So that's for him, why do they take time out? Just to get refocused. They reassess, where am I now in this game? So that I can, if I need to change my action plan and change something, that I can change that and move forward. So the first thing is to take time out. Uh, so that you can now, and that time out is by sitting by, at the feet of the Holy Spirit. So that he can actually guide you and show you, but where am I now? Where do I need to reassess? Where do I need to change? So that's the first one. Uh, our second point is to, to take every thought captive. So, and I, I've made a note here, I see the rest of your thinking. Uh, so we need to train our mind to be sober-minded, controlled, and disciplined. Again, because the world is fighting for our mind. Everybody around is fighting for your mind. They want to capture every little bit. If it's not through TV, if it's not through any, any form of social media, or whatever, everybody wants something about your mind. And they try to influence you, your decision, how you live, how you act, how you buy, etc. That's what I try to do by that. So, so we need to actively arrest your thinking. Uh, and this is where, it, I'm not going to show, I'm going to put it on, the, on there, but that's where 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, just to back it up, uh, says the following, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. 
So that's what we need to do. Because the world and the enemy is fighting. And they come, come in a camouflage way. Sometimes it looks like a nice thing. I need to help this person. Or this is this. But it's, it's just something. It's stealing that time. And it takes that, that, that time that you need to spend with God. And it takes, it takes the rest of thinking in that way. So that's just the, the second one. The third one, and that's, that's also a very crucial one for me, and I think for all of us, is to spend, spend time in the Word of God. The Bible. We need to spend time in His Word. Uh, Hebrews 4 verse 12. I think you've got him there. For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. So that's important. That's why we need to spend time in God's Word. Uh, because we need to intentionally make that time. Uh, and, and I've also said to make a note, we need to take time to memorize the Word as well. Spend time in the Word. Because what you put into your life, into your, into your, into your mind, into your heart, that comes out at the end of the day. So we need to flood ourselves with the Scripture, with the truth, because that's the truth. The rest of the stuff around it, everything happening around us in the world, it's not, it's not everlasting truth. It's true for a moment, but it's not everlasting truth. So I have the truth of, of the word, you know, the, the, when pressure hits, Lord, you can actually agree. I, saw it, I see it in my life. Sometimes if pressure hits and something happens, and what's the first thing that comes to mind? Because that's what's in your heart. If you, if you actually fill your heart with the truth of God, truth of His word, that will be the first thing coming out. If somebody awake you, and, and, and you, you, may, you, may, you may just maybe have, there's a fright, what's the first thing coming out of your mind? What do you think? So we, and it helps us as well, by way of spending time in God's Word, it helps us to identify the devil's lies. Uh, he's bombarding it to us daily. Daily we are bombarded with those lies. So the more we flood our minds with it, the less we will be susceptible for it and believe these lies. So that's to that. Let us just yeah, flood our minds and let us spend time in His Word and let us drench yourself in His Word. That's, that's number three. Uh, the fourth one I want to touch on as well, and that is uh, we need to put on the armor of God. We need to, there's a spiritual weapons that God gave us, and we need to take up our spiritual weapons if we want to stand firm in this time leading to, to the day of the Lord. Uh, in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 8, uh, it says, but, and that's what we do. Maybe just go to verse 8 if you can from 1 Thessalonians 5. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. Uh, so if you look at that, this is again two parts. So one, we need to put on faith and love as a breastplate and hope of salvation as a helmet. So that's part of the armor of God. And you see that's a defense, part of the defensive weapons. If, <laughs> the next verse, and I'm not going to go the full one, I'm just going to show that picture if you can for me. It's Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 18. I just want to read verse 1 and 2, maybe 10 and 11, maybe. If you look at, this is the armor of God. You will see on that side, side in front of you. But this is God's armor according to uh, Ephesians 6. The armor of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit, and the shoes of the gospel of peace. This, according to the word, if we see, if we read, Ephesians 6, then this is what you need to put on a daily basis. 
It's according to verse 12. I don't know if you've got, if you've got verse 6, 6, verse 10 to 12. Just to, to highlight what we said, that's why I said, be, finally be strong in the Lord and in the mighty power. Put on the full armor. We can't just decide to put some of those stuff on. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So we need to take on the, put on the spirit of God, spirit of this, this this armor on a daily basis, so that we can be protected. But if, I don't know if you've saw uh, what I saw. There's only one of those weapons that you saw in that picture. All of those are defensive weapons. There's one that's an offensive weapon. Only the sword of the Spirit is the only one that we need to take out, and that's the Word of God we just spoke about. So that's the one that's offensive. The rest is covering and protecting us, but with that one, we can, we can uh, with, as we saw in Scripture, we can open up the devil's lies and all the stuff that he's tried to put into us. Uh, to just 10 verse 3 to 4, I'm just going to read it as well. It's for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight are not the weapons of the world. So we're fighting with the, spirit, with the sword of the Spirit. That's the weapon we've got. Okay. And then what is I speak? And remember, I think one thing, and, and I've seen it speaking to people, and I see it in my own life, and I'll, I'll share a story about it now. Sometimes we want to, something happens, and I want to tackle that person. I want to, I've got a story, Johnny, sorry, I'm just speaking to you. So if we says, I have a thing happening, and I want to, Johnny did something to me. Now I'm pushing on Johnny, and I want to take everything to take him out. So you know, really, if we look at what Scripture said, the enemy is not Johnny. The enemy is not a person. The enemy is working through him to make life difficult for me. And we need to realize that enemy. I've, myself and Steve had discussions where we prayed with, where the certain things you feel, you get attacks from certain areas. But you need to look behind that line to see where's the enemy and why he's trying to do that. He's trying to steal your joy, your focus on Jesus. So it's not a person. It says we are spiritual beings, and our enemy is the devil and his buddies. Uh, he is the source and chaos of, our, of, the, of the contention. We saw it in Ephesians 6, verse 12. So there's something about a story of my own life, what happened not a few years ago. I had a franchise for a specific company which I ran. It went well. We were winners in the country over a period of time. And it was literally like uh, the Friday still. I still had my franchise. I was still a franchise running. It went well. We had clients. It went well. Uh, discussions was from these guys sort of on top that they were just want to better everything for us. Make our way of payment structures better, etc., etc. And that's what we thought. And it's Friday afternoon we got a call. Monday morning you need to be in, in Johannesburg, wherever the head office is. They want to sign new contracts. Everybody thought. There's a few of us that went. Everybody thought, yeah, now it's the thing. We're getting better uh, contracts, better, better payment, etc., etc. Monday morning, it's 8 o'clock, we stepped into the office. I said, sorry, I haven't got a franchise anymore. At that point in time, I had three children at university still. Jenny's just started working. So they came. Now you see that. So they take away a franchise. They say, oh, you can, we'll consider it if you want to join a mega franchise. But we'll pay you half of what we always paid you. All of those promises and stuff, where it led to. So that was I'm literally in a day. I had nothing. But what did I do? Just to take it back uh, to what we just said regarding to who's the enemy. I, for the first few weeks and a month, was trying to fight the company. 
That's what I did. I even went to thought maybe I need to go and support this short legal action. Actually went to Garrett Larson. I wanted to, to, take, to take legal action. I said, maybe I need to take. And then I just said, so that, that was my focus, was to take the, was this the company, it's that person. It's not the spirit behind it. And, and then I suddenly realized after a week or two, but yeah, I, I just before I actually started taking the action, I started realizing, but this is not, that's just a person used by, by the enemy to do this. And then I stepped away, and then suddenly the whole thing changed. I didn't get my franchise back. It was a difficult time after that, but I was at peace because I knew who was the enemy. And I didn't fight the person because so I knew where, the, where, where I needed to fight and where, where the source of that trouble was, or source of that income was. So this is a little bit of myself there. Yeah, okay, so number five, I think we're now at, at four. Another one I think is very important for us as part of us to stand in this time to leading to the day of the Lord, is to be filled with the Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit. Because uh, we sometimes can get so used and comfortable with, the, with our daily lives. Now, I've, I've got the Holy Spirit. I just can continue the way I am. Uh, but if you look at uh, some people, I don't want to reiterate one or two people in the Bible, if you look at Moses, David, Samson, Elijah, there's something stand out for them from them. They were guys that's prominent in the Bible. But you know the interesting thing? They had the same spirit in them than we have got in us. And that's a big thing. And, and even the small ones, uh, if there's children out of back, but even that small ones, even that little one of Jesse that that's, will probably be born in the next few days, the same amount of the Holy Spirit in us. We just need to let the Holy Spirit take control of our full lives. And I'm not going to, to read it, but we have spoken about Ezekiel 47 in the last, the last few weeks where the river flows out of the, out of the temple. And the deeper and further it goes, the deeper it goes. And my question to you with regarding to be filled with the Spirit is, how much, how deep do you want to take it? You can, yeah, do you want to just go like in the ocean where we want to just want to go ankle deep? Easy to stand, do you want to go knee deep? It's still good. And if it's cold water, like plain sheer jog, uh, then it's still okay, and then you can still run out quickly. Or do you want to just dive in? And will you just let uh, the Holy Spirit drench you and actually overflows you right over your head, everything. That you, can't, that you don't have any control about it. But again, it's a choice. How much of the Holy Spirit do you want to flow to your life? And the more you get flow through your life of the Holy Spirit, the better you'll stand for the day of the Lord. The more you'll be changed, like Jesus, the more you will look like the bride, spotless and pure, as we said previously. Okay, number six, uh, we're getting to closer to the end, and is that is we need to pray continually. You can uh, maybe go back to one Thessalonians. I haven't asked you for verse seventeen, but if you could put up verse seventeen, it's a very long scripture. The scripture says, "Pray continually, pray without ceasing." Three words, other, other, Bible, other Bible terms, it says pray continuously. So it's one of the longest verses in the Bible. It's difficult to remember. But it's important, but it's important. It's so difficult it is. But why, 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 the irony about this whole thing is that's something we don't, not, not all of us, but a lot of us, we don't do that. That doesn't get our default on a daily basis. Because prayer should be our default where we go to. It doesn't matter where we are. If we wake up and somebody wake you up and you see this, maybe this guy over you uh, breaking into your house, 
What's your default? Just praying, Jesus, help me. Whatever. What's your default? So we need to continuously pray. That's what the scripture says. It's a command. Pray continually. And if you pray, end of the day, you'll see just how, again, the bride will be more purified. You'll be able to handle whatever the enemy throws at you. And again, if you look at uh, this Ephesians 6, 6, 18, I'm not going to read it, it's part just after the, the, where we talk about the, the armor of God. It says, pray, uh, pray, sorry, just pray in the spirit at all occasions with all kinds of prayers. And it, so it's two types of prayers. You need to pray physically like we pray, and then we also need to pray in the spirit. And it's something that's what we need to do continually. And why would you need to pray? Uh, and I just want to go back to two situations. Before I say, why do you need to pray? There's two situations where Jesus also commanded the people. His disciples, the one. Remember, I don't know if you remember the story in Gethsemane. Where, where the, Jesus took his disciples just before he was crucified. He took his disciples. He took the three of them, Peter, John, and, and James, with him. And there's two things he said to them. And verse 38, he said to them, stay here and watch with me. That means pray with me. And it's 41, he said, watch and pray so that you do not fall into temptation. So what do you do? That's why we pray. So that we, because it's a command, but also that we don't fall into temptation. Because what happened after that? The enemy came, the people had to come to Jesus, and these guys just scattered. Because if they didn't pray, they fall asleep. Okay. So according for, for me, and, and I just want to encourage you, that prayer is, is not only the key for us on a daily basis to survive and to move through with the rest and to become more like Jesus as his bride, but it's the master key. It can lock out any door. It's not just one, it's just one key that can open one door. It's a master key. So you can get anywhere and you can just lock it open because that's what prayer is. It's not limited. And prayer cannot be limited. Uh, Cannot be, it can go through, wall, through walls, it can go through physical and spiritual walls, it can go over countries, over oceans, it's not limited. Anywhere you go, you can pray and you'll see the result will come at another point. The result may come now, the result may come in a month, but it will happen. So that's the important thing, so that's why prayer is not limiting us. So that's the, and then there's a last point, just before I, I want to just start landing or parking the car, or what I want to say, is that we need to be obedient in everything we do. The scripture says be obedient, but I want to sort of just focus on one as well. In John's scripture, then, uh, one scripture, you can go to Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to thank them, came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So the important thing, it's also a command. It's something that Jesus said just before he left. We need to make disciples. So that's part of what we is. The more, and the more, if we're going back to this picture of the bride, pure and spotless bride, if we do and, and make disciples, if we just live and live and share the gospel, and we say live as well, because we can share it, but we need to live it. People need to see that we, we're real genuine. We're real genuine. Uh, there's nothing plastic to us. If we live and share the gospel, that, that, that bride of Christ will just become purer and more cleaner and more just beautiful. Because there's more people joining that. So 
that's that, and then make disciples is to make people that they make them like to live like Jesus, to like that. So that's how the bride gets beautiful, more beautiful and pure. Okay. So we as the bride of Christ need to, to be able to, and I think that's the important thing, we need to be able to be resilient and to stand in these last days where Satan's attack on the church, on us, will become all the more intense and it's out to, what is out to do? What does the Satan want to do? He wants to mislead us. He wants to confuse us. He wants to destroy the church and the body of Christ. Because that's his biggest, his biggest enemy, number one. So he wants to destroy that bride of Christ. He wants to that bride of Christ that a bride will never be ready to marry the bride, bridegroom. That's why we need to use these seven points and more. We can add fasting, which Gunther mentioned as well. But to use these almost weapons of the, that, that, that God gave us to live more purely, to look more like the bride of Christ, to look more pure, more holy. And, and if you can maybe just give us Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 3. We're just working greatly there, but thanks, Elman. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. For with a joy set before him, endure the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So this example that Jesus set for us, how we need to, to move forward. So we need to focus on him. Keep your eyes on him. So I just want to ask a question uh, just before we finalize. Who of you uh, are playing currently or have been playing some form of a ball sport? So what's the most important thing if you play ball sport? Yeah, so the most important thing, and I'll get to that. You understand why I'm getting that. So the most important thing is that you play the ball. Keep your eyes on the ball, but play the ball. Uh, and not take your ball off the, off the not, not take your eye off the ball. If you take your eye off the ball and start playing the man, because that's what a lot of the times happen. We want to try play the man. We want to play the enemy. Uh, so we want to play the enemy. We want to face play any guys, any other person that's you know that's, that's maybe making life difficult for us. So just to uh, and what will happen if you do that? If you start playing, taking your mind off the ball, if you have, if your eyes off the ball and not playing the ball, you lose the game. I want to just bring it to the spiritual with the scripture that we said. So the same thing here is true spiritually. We need to focus on Jesus Christ. So I want to almost say this is the ball we need to focus on. If we focus on Jesus Christ, then that's what that scripture says, the author and finisher of our faith, and not take our eyes off him, uh, then we'll be able to run this race and play the game, and we'll probably able to, and we'll win the game as well. Uh, I just call it a game, but that, uh, we talk about uh, the day of the Lord that's coming. So if we take our eyes off him, especially in these last days, the time we are living in, and focus on our position, we may end up losing our zeal and our first love for him. So the important thing I want to encourage you is take, don't take your eyes off him. Ephesians 5.15, I just want to encourage you with this as well. So be very careful in how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. So that's yeah, it's very important for us. That's when, uh, so we need to make use of every opportunity, the best of every opportunity, because the days are evil. We need to be resilient 
uh, withstanding the relentless attacks from the devil and his forces and bouncing back, recovering quickly every time he attacks. So what happens a lot of the time? She just get attacked or something happens and I just go and lie down. I'll, I'll deal with it later. But the resilient thing about it, part of the resilience part is to bounce back. I said, I'm not going to let you down. I let you to, to, to put you to the ground. And I come back stronger. That's what it means. So I want to... I'm basically done, but I just want to ask two questions. Uh, and first question I want to ask you, as we're sitting here, as we've listened to what, and we need to keep our first, we need to prepare ourselves for the day of the Lord and be ready that it not happen. Uh, have you still, have you lost your first love for Jesus? Do you still love Jesus the way you first loved him initially? That's my first question, and and it comes from Revelation 4, 2, verse 45, uh, where Jesus actually said to one of those churches, if you've lost your first love, I'm going to remove the lampstand from you. So have you lost your first love? Just a question you need to answer. Second one is, uh, are you spiritually asleep? We talked about, are you sleeping? Are you spiritually asleep? Uh, and that's in Revelation 3, verse 3. And the last one I want to ask you, are you spiritually lukewarm? That's, uh, that's in Revelation 3, verse 15 and 16. And what happens? And, and if you're lukewarm, my question is, the question is, you're lukewarm. Do you, we need to be either hot or, be, or, or cold, and I don't want to be cold. So my question to you is, do you really, yeah, with you, or maybe lukewarm, and with you want to be, I'm just really pure and, and, and hotter than not, just for Jesus. Thank you much. And if there's anybody, if any of you does, you can stand all and we can maybe just pray through this and then we'll take it from there. Can you all stand, please? So, Lord Jesus, we just thank you for, for your kindness, for your word. And I just want to come this morning and just want to while, we, while we're praying, as I said, if you may be feeling lukewarm or you've lost your first love, will you just come there where you are? Will you, Lord Jesus, will you, just asking you, he's right in front of me, but Holy Spirit, will you just come and restore our first love for you? Will you come and restore our first love? And where there's maybe a lukewarmness where we've like we got more to, to love the world or maybe standing on two legs, one in the world and one in one with you, will you come and, come and just, yeah, come and Come into our lives and come and just minister to us and come just and, and take away that lukewarmness, Lord Holy Spirit. And just come and we just want to be, yeah, hotter than hot for you. We just be fully committed to you. Oh, we thank you for, for your goodness, your kindness. We love you, Lord.